the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bears, bulls, and even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Some cold weather will greet travelers this Memorial Day weekend around the country. David Roth is with the National Weather Service. Areas of the Ohio Valley, the Mid-Atlantic Mid-Atlantic and southern New England, lots of places aren't going to get out of the 50s particularly, but a few places won't get out of the 40s. On Capitol Hill, infrastructure spending negotiations continue between the White House and Senate Republicans. We get more on that from correspondent Greg Clark. Talks continue between President Biden's team and a group of GOP senators, even though a deal won't be reached before the president's end of May deadline. We're going to meet sometime next week, and uh, we'll see if we can move that. And he says time is of the essence. I told him we have to finish this. The White House proposes a $1.7 trillion infrastructure plan. That is White House correspondent Greg Clugson reporting, and this is SRN News. Why would you pay full price for name brand appliances when you can save big, big dollars at PJ's Appliance Outlet? Hi, this is PJ. Your tax return or stimulus check will buy more at PJ's Appliance Outlet. We carry a huge selection of brand new scratch and dent name brand appliances like LG, Whirlpool, Electrolux, Frigidaire, and many others. Our customers tell us all the time they drove from 45 minutes to over an hour away to save lots of money. Hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars is what you'll save on brand new name brand refrigerators, ovens, dishwashers, microwaves, and washers and dryers. At PJ's Appliance Outlet, we take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service on great quality products at unbeatable prices. Don't forget to also check out our Ilve handmade Italian stoves. Reinvest in your own home and get it for less at PJ's Appliance Outlet. Visit our easy-to-get-to Plymouth showroom today or find us online at pjsappliantsoutlet.com. That's pjsappliantsoutlet.com, where every deal is a steal. Hey, what you got cooking there? Oh, look at this. I got us some back bacon. Mm, that doesn't look like our rusty old, uh, or trusty old charcoal grill, though. Well, that's because it isn't. It's one of these fancy new pellet grills from Louisiana Grills. Well, that explains the smoky goodness I smell, but... Aren't those things hard to use? And don't you have to, like, sit by it and babysit it to control the temperature all day? Oh, not at all. It's just set it and forget it. This Louisiana grill even has Wi-Fi. Imagine that. It controls the temperature right from your smartphone. Uh, Will it work with my flip phone? I don't think so. Where'd you get it? Oh, at the same place we got our new spa. Premier Pool and Spa. They have a full line of Louisiana grills in stock, and the best thing is, they're made in America, too. Visit Premier Pool in Chanhassen today. Louisiana grills, you deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take grilling seriously. PremierPools.com. Expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show. How about a Fresca? Your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. He's a strange doctor. Strange doctor. We finally made it to campus. Wow. That's lovely. Uh, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, second hour. Thank you for listening today. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Be sure to stop and honor those who have fallen so that uh, we may continue to live in our freedom. Freedoms, as I prefer, because there are multiple freedoms in the world. Uh, 651-289-4477. We are live today on on, uh, Saturday morning here on... Memorial Day weekend, and thank you for choosing to spend some of it with us. And I know many of you listen to us on the podcast at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Thank you for doing that as well. If you want to be one of those people, you got to join the VIP club to get the podcast. Um, it's easy to sign up. Uh, I'm a member of the VIP club. Trust me, the, the emails you get from the VIP club are not so voluminous to make you make you regret the choice. It actually turns out to be very turns out to be a very good thing for you to do and then you can listen to the show whenever you want uh so here on twincitiesbusinessradio.com uh, anyway thank you for thank you so much thanks to jacob again for being with us here on 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 a holiday weekend uh while uh, while our our usual fellow wyatt we we haven't mentioned that jacob but we should wyatt is actually in the nc2a baseball tournament for division three for division three sports. Uh, and as I understood it for his university, um, it is the first time they have been in the NC two A's. So congratulations. What a fun, what a fun ride. Okay. So we actually are kind of hoping we don't see Wyatt for another week or two, because it means he'll make it to the national championship. Uh, and that, that would just be awesome, but we, he'll be back with us in a few weeks. Uh, hopefully if he's back with us next week, eh, it's not, at least he had the experience, right? But we're 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 thinking he's not going to be with us for a few more weeks because he's he's out enjoying America's game, uh, and I uh, hope you are able to enjoy it too. Let's hope that the uh, twins uh, play well enough so that we can keep our summer kind of interesting. Uh, again, six five one two eight nine four four seven seven the number to call with questions or comments. We were just before the break. Uh, playing some of Larry Summers, uh, formerly formerly uh, Treasury Secretary uh, during the Clinton administration, was, I believe, head of the National Economic Council for President Obama, um, is currently not part of the Biden cabinet. There's an interesting, there's an interesting backstory there, but it's about personalities, so I'm going to stay out of that uh, because I've got way too much to do. We still have to talk about this budget from that they proposed. Now, in the previous clip during the last hour, Summers is discussing the fact that there are lots of assumptions in that in that budget that I that I agree with him are kind of heroic. Um, are kind of heroic in their in their uh, in their uh, length they go to, and I think the most telling one are the ones that they've offered on inflation 
And on, and in fact, I'm going to scroll down and I'll scroll back to this other page. I'm, I'm trying to hop between two different sets of tables in, in the budget document that's been released. Um, so let me, let me go back and find the economic assumptions. I'm going to, I want you to listen to this. So um, interest rates, 10-year Treasury notes, 0.9% last year. 1.2% for this year, 1.4% for next for next year. In 2023, 1.7. In 2024, 2.1. Now let me tell you the consumer price index. Actual in 2019 was 1.8. 2020, currently it's at 1.2, meaning that the 10-year Treasury had a slightly negative real return after inflation return. Okay, for 2021, the expectation is 2.1% meaning, again, a negative return, a larger negative return than, than it had been there before. 2.1 in 22, 2.2 .2 in 2023, 2.2 .2 in 2024, and it extends to 2.3 and stays there all the way out to 2031. As you heard Summers say, and I don't want to go back and play the clip again, Jacob, but, but hold on because I do want to play that third clip at some point. Um... That would mean that the Fed's commitment to a 2% inflation rate is being contradicted by the assumptions in the model. Now, why does that matter? It matters because your inflation number that you put into a budget forecast also drives the revenues you expect to get and the cost of your mandatory programs. And typically, it will make your budget look better if you assume a slightly higher inflation rate, because you can assume what we used to call bracket creep. We don't, we don't think about it very much anymore, but higher inflation tends to move more and more taxpayers into higher income brackets because the income brackets are not indexed. But they, you know, so they're not indexed. So you're going to get more money, but you're also you're going to get more money, and yes, you're going to end up paying more for Social Security. You're going to end up paying more on on uh, TANF uh, and and other uh, benefits packages you give to to uh, support incomes of low income people. Uh, but you 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 do think to be there. So we're supposed to end up in 2028. Excuse me, in 2023, with an unemployment rate of 3.8 percent. Okay, which is just a titch above what it was in 2019, with 2.2% inflation. And then that pretty much just stays there at 3.8% unemployment. And 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 with inflation at 2.2 or 2.3. As Summers mentions, at some point you have to sort of say these are the assumptions we're gonna make to build our budget. And so and and I can tell you, having been involved in that kind of an exercise, you're just sitting around a table saying, what numbers are we going to put in here? And then you give that to them and you say, these are, these are the, 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 the fancy language, the, the 25 cent word. These are the parameters that we're going to build the budget around. And that table of economic assumptions is, are those parameters. So they expect Nominal GDP to rise at 3.8 to 3.9% after 2023 with a taper down to, uh, for real GDP from 5.2% this year to 4.3% next year. Those numbers lower than what it seems the Fed is expecting. 
And then they expect unemployment, they expect GDP to grow only at 1.8 or 1.9%. So those are the things that Summers is talking about. Let's go ahead, Jacob, and let's play the last cut. Let's finish the the Summers material uh, here. Uh, This is the third cut from uh, Larry Summers last night on, on Bloomberg's Wall Street Week. I think that the magnitude of those surprises just speaks to the fact that we're going to have to make uh, some adjustments uh, that go beyond what I think is the Washington three-part cycle on inflation. First, you deny that it's a problem. Then you say that it's just due to specific factors and specific transitory factors. And then you say, well, it's not really that big a problem after all, because wages are going to go up along with uh, prices and it's all going to sort of be okay. And I guess I see us moving through that cycle a bit. And that worries me. And it worries me because I think it's so important to do the fundamental things that the president is trying uh, to do. But you do have to manage the macroeconomics right as well. So understand, again, he likes the spending that the Biden administration is planning. I'm not nearly so big a fan, but that's okay. He and I can agree, though, on this part of it. The macroeconomic assumptions in here in this budget are, gosh, I don't know, a little, a, a, a little heroic. Okay. Uh, they're a little bit, they're, they're a little bit uh, um, out there um, in terms of thinking we're going to end up with what's truly kind of a Goldilocks economy. Inflation running just slightly above 2%, a little bit in contradiction of what the Fed has said. It says in the long run, we're going to go back to 2%. But if it's 2.2 or 2.3, maybe they'll just say, yeah, good, good. Okay. Um, But an unemployment rate below 4%, uh, enough inflation to, enough inflation to maybe put a dent in the, in the, in those deficit numbers. We'll talk about the deficit numbers. I, I, I see a call, a a question uh, sent to us uh, through the, uh, through the board, 651-289-4477. You can just leave those questions with Jacob if you want, or you can actually uh, come on the air if you prefer. Um, just just tell him what you'd like to do. Always happy to answer questions and comments, uh, 651-289-4477. But as I look at this budget, this is some pretty... They, uh, Summers has already put his finger on one of the problems. If you raise the... Inf- if you raise the rate of uh, uh, of interest on these bonds, where they're assuming that even in 2024, a 91-day treasury, a three-month treasury bond, is still going to pay less than 1%. That's in the budget. Their budget says we're not going to we're not going to have to pay more than 1% on any of our short-term debt that we're issuing to support this budget. And even when they get out to, uh, to 2020, 2031, they're assuming a 91-day Treasury sells, sells at, a, at a yield to maturity of 2.2%, while they expect an inflation rate to be 2.3%. So they expect short-term rates to stay zero forever. Forever, it appears. And this is some of the unrealism that is in 
this particular budget. Okay? Now, all budgets have these things in them, but, but Summers is right to say that this budget has already been superseded by reality. Interest rates are higher, and if this budget were to pass, okay, with the deficits that are here, I expect that the particularly the long-term treasuries, short-term treasuries may stay at zero or near zero for, for another year, maybe even another year and a half before they start to lift off too. But I, if they were to pass anything even remotely like this, do I believe that, they, that the interest rate on the 10-year treasury is going to stay below 2%? Not, not likely. I don't think that's likely at all. And I think, you should, I think you should plan accordingly. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to The Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Well, I moved into the house in uh, the summer of 2018 and the siding was terrible. Hi, I'm Dave from Matamidai. I got a hold of JTR through friends. It almost looked like a giraffe. There were dark stains where the water had saturated the old paint that was on it, but there were other things that needed addressing, and uh, there were a multitude of things from putting doors in and railings and, and doing some electrical and things like that, all of which... JTR gladly folded into the contract and took care of for me. It was an amazing transformation. In fact, my brother-in-law, who had visited before we had the siding done, when he came back about a month after it had been done, he stopped out in front of the house and called me and said, what's your address again? Because he couldn't believe the difference. Contact JTR Roofing now for your siding, roofing, and window needs. Need special boots for a new job but don't know where to start? Step into Red Wing Shoes, where their friendly footwear experts can help you find the right style and size. Red Wing takes the time to learn about your job and measure your feet to get the perfect fit. Red Wing specializes in no-pressure one-on-one service. Stop into their stores in Circle Pines, Columbia Heights, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, and St. Cloud. Can't make it into the store? Ask your workplace about their shoe trucks where they bring the store to you. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. 
There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see your daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, The Biz, 1440. 651-289-4477, the number to call here on Memorial Day weekend. It's going to, seems like it's warming up already. It's actually already, it's already reaching about the high of yesterday, and it looks like it'll head into the mid-60s. Looks like it'll be a great weekend. Enjoy your, uh, enjoy your time. Uh, be sure to stop and visit uh, the graves of those you've, you have lost during uh, our military conflicts, uh, those soldiers who who have fallen to protect our freedoms. Um, the so the question of the hour is is not will this budget pass? No budget that gets sent from the president gets passed without question by by Congress. Um, particularly not in a 50-50 Senate and a and a House with a four to five seat majority uh, for the president's party um, is likely to undergo substantial changes. But it has lots of things in it. it but I, I so I wanted to address that address the question. Uh, Jacob typed uh, this question from a caller, and I'm going to just read it out. Are we going to start seeing a cut in our country's deficit? When do you think that will be, if ever? Well, that's a terrific question, caller. And and to get at that, I want to do just a little bit of teaching. As I mentioned uh, during the first hour, I came over and taught for two hours on Thursday, and someone said, but you're on vacation. I said, well, you know what? Teaching is kind of like vacation for me uh, because I now work as an administrator, have for the last seven years, and... And, um, you know, there's a little bit of me that's like, well, teaching is like riding a bike. Once you've learned how to do it, you've never lose the skill. But frankly, that's not true. You do have to remember how to put, put a lesson plan back together, how to engage a class and so forth. And I do get to do a lot of talks and I do a lot of it here. But anyway, um, the concept I want the caller to think about is a concept that is called the primary deficit. The primary deficit is a measure of the of budgets of the of the amount of spending the government does minus its income that it takes in through taxes and fees, tariffs and all that but also subtracts off the amount of money that is spent to finance the deficit. There's there's a simple rule that can be used, and indeed, I was going to talk about this during the. I'll talk about it now. I'm maybe going to get to it later in the show, but I'm not even sure if I'll have time for that. So maybe I'll just jump to this since you've asked the question. The budget. What I'm interested in particularly is the debt, and in particular, I'm interested in the debt as a share of GDP in the long run. A very basic premise is that that you can use to think about the question, are we going to see a cut in our country's deficit? 
The answer will be yes when it's apparent that we need to do that in order to keep investors from thinking that our debt is about to become a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme meaning that a debt that you issue that you have no that you that that you pay off only by issuing additional debt. So right now in our in our budget we have let me let me go back and find the uh, I need to find the uh, uh, I have to switch I have to keep switching pages in in this budget. Hang on a second. Let me go back and find that. Um, Real net interest, okay? Um, we need to figure out how much, how much we're spending to service the debt. The budget proposal in this budget ends up costing us, it says, an extra $163 billion over the next decade to finance it. But it only does so because it makes the assumptions that we just talked about on interest rates. If the economy grows faster through the, through the quote-unquote, I'm going to use my air quotes, the investments that the budget makes, if it grows faster, sufficient to pay that off, then sure, maybe, maybe it's okay to run these deficits. But there's two parts. There's two parts to this. One, will these investments in fact generate additional revenues in order to pay the additional debt service? Yes or no? I'm going to say no. Other people are going to say yes. Uh, and 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 cert- that's certainly true. Indeed. Let's let me go to this 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 first clip uh, from Jared Bernstein, who is a member of the Council of Economic Advisors. He is a longtime advisor to President Biden. He was his advisor when he was vice president. He was he worked for him while while he was a senator. Jared Bernstein and and and, and Joe Biden are are you know as close together in their thinking about the economy as can be. I I believe that Biden relies on him for a lot. Okay, so. I listen to any any time I see he's he shows up in my YouTube feed or or on uh, on a station that I'm watching. I'm turning it up because it's like okay, so this is sort of like the president speaking about the economy. All right, so I want to play. This is the first clip talking about the new budget that's come out. Jared Bernstein uh, yesterday. Uh, this is an historical investment in building back better in a way that can deliver a resilient and inclusive recovery that has eluded so many people in the middle class for so long. You correctly raise questions about fiscal sustainability, and this budget meets them and meets them solidly. In uh, year 10 of the budget, the deficit uh, turns negative, and in the second 10 years, we reduce the, uh, the budget deficit by $2 trillion. Now, how does that happen? Uh, because the revenue... Uh, raisers in this budget uh, continue while the spending plans are up front. So it is a fiscally responsible budget that lowers the trajectory of the debt, not raises it. Do you hear the year 10 piece? He's defending the sustainability of the budget because he says, well, I'm just spending money for eight years, but the taxes we're putting on are going to last forever. 
Is there any such thing as a tax that lasts forever? Well, yes, but do the rates change? Of course they do. You cannot assume that, that, but they do. And as I look at this, if you look at the, the jobs plan and the family plan that, that they've issued, they've collectively added on, added on, um, uh, you know, for fiscal year 22, the year to talk about $118 billion of new, additional new spending, $224 billion in fiscal 23, $291 in fiscal 24, and so forth. But when it gets to two, to 2030, it says, ah, now it's turned off, and now I've got a $40 billion surplus showed from the changes we're making. So this thing's fiscally sustainable. Well, no, because you spent you spent about one point three trillion dollars in this in this budget that's new, and you're going to claim it's sustainable because you've got one hundred thirteen billion of of surpluses that come in only because your taxes stay in place in twenty thirty and twenty thirty one. Jared, are you are, are you nuts? Okay, that's that's. That's a little. That's a little bit. A little bit strange. He goes on. Uh, I'll just go ahead and play this. The second cut. This is Jared Bernstein going on to talk about the budget after, after being asked a little bit more about something talked about. He he says this. Cut number two. Well, we've had many arguments over the years uh, between myself and many folks over there about uh, the growth impacts of these tax changes. I would say that the very heavy weight. Of, uh, of a careful empirical literature on this is that changes in capital gains tax rates have very little effect on investment behavior. What they do have a uh, pronounced effect on is on timing effects. People will try to tweak the timing in order to take advantage of changes in the code. And what the president's trying to do here is inject some real lasting fairness into the tax code. Well, we're going to have to wait to talk about one of the lasting changes. We're going to do that, that right after the next break. And, but just before, I, just before we go to that, I just wanted to hear that. Um, he wants, he says, he says, you know what, Jacob, I'm going to have you play it. I'm going to make you stop in the middle. So listen for me to say stop. All right. Play that second cut again. Well, we've had many arguments over the years uh, between myself and many folks over there about uh, the growth impacts of these tax changes. I would say that the very heavy weight of, uh, of a careful empirical literature on this is that changes Stop. in capital... Very heavy weight of careful empirical analysis. All right. Th- these words irritate me. <laughs> they irritate me because they're saying... Because it basically means he's cherry picking the surveys that he likes and just dismissing the ones he doesn't like. He says, yeah, they're there. But if you really look really carefully at the data, it supports what I say. It doesn't really support what they say. Okay, this is confirmation. Every time I hear that, and I hear commenters on both sides of the aisle do this. So it is a both sides thing. And I know people don't like both side stories when I, when they just want me to criticize the side that they're they're against. But we. Both sites really do do this. It's a very annoying habit. And it just ticks me off when I hear people say, when I hear people say that they're, that, that, you know, we did a careful analysis. 
very heavy weight of careful empirical analysis who's doing the weighting it's the person who's already who's already got a side in the debate it's not it's not a dispassionate observer jared bernstein is anything but that neither am i but i don't currently represent any constituency and i'll say that the the evidence is a little is a little bit less out there but what i'm going to talk about next is in order to help pay for this six trillion dollar budget you they've had to resort to some things that are actually kind of kind of sneaky we'll be back right after this you are listening to the king banyan show on the biz 1440 Impact Mortgage Corp. TV, a cash call mortgage, NMLS ID 1282-31, equal housing lender, not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. What's better than a mortgage interest rate and APR in the twos? How about a no-closing-cost mortgage loan with an interest rate and APR in the twos? That's right. We have no closing cost loans here at Cash Call Mortgage. We pay the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. So if you're looking to save a little cash on your monthly mortgage payment, call Cash Call Mortgage today. Our quotes are always free. If your mortgage rate APR is not in the twos, Cash Call Mortgage could lower your interest rate and save you some cash. What are you waiting for? With low rates and no closing cost options, now is the time to refinance your mortgage. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 
8384. Well, you're going to end up taking a $6 trillion budget <laughs> because having expanded to that, it's going to be hard to get them to uh, change it back. It's worth remembering, right, that uh, we, are sp- we are currently spending. What are we currently spending? Our outlays are currently $6.5 trillion for fiscal year 20, $7.3 trillion for fiscal 21. And yes, they come down a little bit, but they never fall back below $6 trillion in the entire scope of this budget. Right. I heard, I'm trying to remember who it was, if it was, but it was, uh, it was a podcast done by Chris Starwalt, who used to be the, uh, the, uh, poll, the polling expert, uh, uh, political expert at Fox News, uh, who now works at the Dispatch. Um, and... I'm trying to remember who he is having on, but I think it's true that the impetus for the for the Tea Party movement back in twenty in twenty ten was the the fact that when we were talking about budgets, we started to have to talk in in trillions. We had to use the T word. I'm pretty sure if you went back and were able to find a podcast of this show from 2010 or 2011, I talked about the T word. I talked about, you know, how much is a trillion? What does that mean? What is, what's the what's the height of a stack of $1 bills that, that reach to a trillion or even $100 bills that reach to a trillion? Because, you know, and that, that stack would be oh so high and so, and so on. Um, I, I think there's some truth to that. And so when I'm asked, does, does it matter? Will we cut the deficit? I don't think there's a whole lot. I think once we've now become inured to the word trillion, if you hear 5 trillion or 6 trillion or 7 trillion, and I start using a bunch of different numbers, your eyes are going to glaze over. The average voter is going to look at that and go, I don't care about that. Why would I, why am I, why are we talking about this? This isn't, this isn't interesting. Um, but what the, what this group is talking about, um, what they are talking about in terms of the impact on the budget and the, and the deficit is, is basically thinking about the fact that we, we're going to have approximately $30 trillion. Again, forgive, forgive me because I'm having to slide between, I'm, trying, I'm having to slide around between uh, uh, budgets and so forth. So if I look at the amount of the U.S. debt that's held, at the end of 2020, the amount of debt held by the public was about $21 trillion. You know, you go, wait, 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 wait. The debt, the debt was 27 It's going to be $30 trillion now. Why are you saying 21 Because a lot of our debt is actually held, um, is actually held by the, uh, is actually held by the Treasury. You know, for example, there's a bunch of it that's held in the, uh, in the Social Security Trust Fund. So, 
if I look at the amount that's actually being held by the public, at the end of fiscal 21, okay, this September, that number will have risen to 24 uh, $24.2 trillion. There's going to be another $6.1 trillion that is held by the federal government in various accounts. And I, 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 it's not going to be worth my time to spend, spend a lot of time doing it. Now, by the way, that number stays flat because we're going to begin to start pulling down the size of the Social Security Trust Fund, which means eventually we have to pay back the money that the, the we have to cash in those IOUs in order to service all of the people receiving Social Security. Okay, again, I'm taking that part to the side. What we'll see is eventually, by the time we get to 2026, we get in 2027 and 2028, we get to a debt-to-GDP ratio, debt held by the public as a share of GDP of a between 116 and 117%. That number is higher than what we had during World War II. That number is is a significantly higher number than, than what was there. Now, some fraction of that is in the Fed because the Fed is considered part of the public. It's part of the financing now. And as you look at these numbers from from 21 trillion to 24 to 26 when i get out to 2031 that debt number is at 30 that debt held by the public is out at 39 trillion dollars if you think the fed is going to continue to finance and be a place where one third of that debt goes to that's a doubling of the balance sheet over the next eight years, next 10 years. Okay, for double the balance sheet, to, for that balance sheet to double over the next 10 years implies that the balance sheet has to grow at about 7% a year. And remember, the liabilities of the Federal Reserve are supposed to represent a measure of monetary growth. So somewhere in this calculation, I have to come to the conclusion that there's going to be 7% growth of, the, of base money. Or I have to find another place, another holder of all this debt. Yet we're assuming that the, the interest rate on that debt has to be at 2.2 or 2.3 on the 10-year treasury because that's what it's going to take in order for this budget to actually work out the way it says. If it turns out that interest rates go higher, back to the question I had, that is why I believe that at some point there is going to be a crisis moment where you will have to cut the deficit. But they will be dragged kicking and screaming into that moment. And they will be dragged into it by that thing which James Carville identified as being the thing you want to be born as because you can scare everybody with that, a bond vigilante. There will be a run on bonds at some point. There would be a run on there would be a run on the dollar at some point that will compel something to be done about this. 
And this is why I disagree with the, the summer's hypothesis. I disagreed with the summer's hypothesis of secular deflation. I agree. I disagree with what I've heard from folks like 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 David Bonson, who I think is super bright. I listened to I listened to his podcasts. I think he I think he's really interesting. I also think he's wrong. You cannot sustain this level, these numbers at this level, unless you either have much higher growth in GDP, so that or interest rates continue to stay, real interest rates continue to stay at this low level, you have to make a whole lot of things come true for this Goldilocks economy to actually happen. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think people should, I'm preparing, I think people should prepare for the fact that, yes, we're going to have $6 trillion budgets for the longest time to come. There will be six, you know, and we are inured to it now. We're going to have $6 trillion budgets. $6 trillion budgets have to be paid for with something more than what's indicated in this budget, which is that they're never going to raise even $5 trillion in taxes. And I don't think they can raise $5 trillion, trillion in taxes. But we, we have to get to one more thing, one more thing which they've used, which I think is a very unrealistic assumption to make this happen in this $6 trillion budget. We're going to be right back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you. All you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. 
800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. Want to enroll your child in Christian school this fall for half the cost? TwinCitiesTuitions.com is joined with area private schools to offer half-off tuition for your child's first year. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, you'll see our partnering schools, an interactive map to find one in your area, and frequently asked questions about the program. Now more than ever, it's important for your child to have a biblical worldview. Get details about the half-off Christian tuition program at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Need new windows but don't want to sit through long, high-pressure sales calls? I get it. What if I told you you could get competitive quotes from three contractors after one short meeting with me on any window brand, and it's all free? Visit My Three Quotes online. That's My Three Quotes. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the free Radio.com app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening. So, here's the one more thing. I've already talked about the unreality of the of the uh, economic assumptions. There's some other things they assumed in this that were reported out. So, this was an NBC News report uh, uh, on... Uh, uh, yesterday morning, earlier in the day yesterday, um, that was was reported out. It's just a little 21-second clip. Uh, go ahead and play that for me, Jacob, please. Some really important news here, especially for investors, because that it relates to the capital gains tax and, of course, the timing of that. Now, Biden has, has uh, proposed increasing that tax from 23.8% to 43.4%. The big question was when it would take effect. And in fact, the administration proposing it would be retroactive to April 28th. That is a shock. Because remember, Jared Bernstein, the CEA advisor we listen to, says, oh, the timing of these things, it don't really matter that much if you do a careful analysis. Well, if that's true, why did you backdate the capital gains tax? Why did you backdate it? If people don't really adjust to taxes, then you shouldn't be backdating it. And so Bernstein is now on later in the day on Closing Bell, and Wilfred Frost, uh, with that with that lovely Oxford accent, um, kind of calls him out on this, okay? This was Wilfred uh, during that interview with uh, Jared Bernstein from the CEA. This is the third cut, Jacob. Jared, you just mentioned that this uh, is justified on the tax and uh, spend uh, side of things, the, the debt side of things, by what happens in the second 10 years. So, so you're really projecting out that far to then try and claim that this is uh, lowering the debt burden rather than increasing it. I mean, it, it just it doesn't sound very sort of legitimate. I'm sorry, I got that part wrong. I mean, I thought he called that part. So he's got that in there. He, he, he says this. And then so Wilfred says this is, look, you're trying to balance the budget over the following 10 years. Do you know how they're trying to balance this? If you look at where the numbers are, where they've changed the numbers, this is why I was trying to spread my spreadsheet out a little bit here. 
They project to collect between 2022 and 26, and over the next five years, an extra trillion dollars in corporate income tax alone. In corporate income tax alone. And they project to get additional money, an additional, an additional, I'm trying to do the math, $300 billion from things like this, this hike in the capital gains tax rate. Right? They project both those things. That's $1.3 trillion. The corporate taxes never raise this kind of revenue that they're talking about. You're simply going to lead folks to offshore. Uh, Bernstein responds to it. Go ahead and let's play that last clip from Jared Bernstein. Well, I think it is. And I think the, the reason why uh, that makes uh, a lot of sense in the context of this budget is if you look at something that's uh, actually pretty historic, which is that in the, in the first table, table S1, if you're following along at home, uh, we show uh, that real debt service as a share of the economy remains well below its historic average over the first 10 years. Now, why is that? I know I'm talking to a financial market audience here, and I don't think you'd think about making investments if you weren't looking at the interest rate. Well, we have a low interest rate environment uh, that has uh, certainly predated this budget and is expected to prevail in coming years. That provides us more fiscal space to front load some of these investments while being fiscally sound in terms of uh, raising uh, the revenues that I've mentioned uh, in the latter part of the uh, of the budget period as well as the second decade well if you have to if, if if that's possible you didn't need to borrow just go borrow an extra 300 billion dollars and stop basic backdating and in, in essence saying oh you took a profit in april guess what we're going to tax it at twice the rate you had thought you were going to have when when we set this budget when uh, when you made that transaction Think about that. Think about that. Suppose you go to a restaurant at the end of the night, you you say, oh, the service is pretty good. I'm going to leave a 20% tip. So you write a 20% tip onto the bill. A month and a half later, the, the, your, your statement from your, from your credit card agency comes and, and it's higher. And you go, why is it higher? Well, we decided that the tip should have been 40% rather than 20%. You were pretty ticked off about that. Well, if I wanted to be 40%, I could have done it back then. I wouldn't have made the decision about everything I was buying if I knew I was going to have to tip them 40%. Um, and, and I don't know, it strikes me as, as bizarre. It's bizarre that, uh, that you backdated the capital gains number? You project that the interest rates go, is going to stay so low for so long that you can front load all your spending, but at the same time, because you can do that, you decide you need to grab a trillion extra dollars of corporate income tax, which we know will either result in lower wages for workers or higher prices that are going to be paid for by workers, that the, that the amount that falls back to profits is a fairly small number. But because it's called corporate income tax and it's a little more hidden, it's hidden in prices, it's hidden in wage bargains, because it's more hidden, you can get away with it? This really is absurd. I, as you could tell, I'm not a fan of Jared Bernstein. He seems like a nice guy when you hear, when you hear him. I've heard him in, 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 in conversations. I... Of all the people they could have picked, I, I, I knew he would be on the Council of Economic Advisors. He'd have some economic uh, uh, advising position for, for President Biden because 
he is is on there. But this this analysis is 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 contradictory. It is based on what I believe are faulty assumptions and is even internally inconsistent. There's no reason to backdate a capital gains tax number to create a budget um, and threaten basically the past profits that, that people have earned in the marketplace. It's just something you don't do. And yet they've done it, or they're proposing to do it. Will will the House of Representatives pass the budget with that with that backdating? I would guess almost positively. So, so it will once more be up to the Senate to decide in its 50-50 state, do they want to try to jam this through in budget reconciliation because there's no way there's 60 votes for that. But to me, there's something genuinely, I'm sorry, I don't use this word, I use this word advisedly. There's something genuinely unfair about raising the tax rate on a transaction that's already occurred. I don't get it. Anyway, I want to thank you so much for listening as well. I want to wish everybody a happy memorial. Give a, give a moment of prayer, a uh, moment of thanks for those who have fallen to protect our freedoms. We appreciate that very much. Also, be sure you listen to, uh, listen to uh, Mitch today and tomorrow over on AM12A of the Patriot from 1 to 3. And we'll be back with Job Saturday next week here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. I have a traumatizing childhood memory of an Easter egg hunt. The big hunt was a big deal in our family. And I have this memory of running and excitedly reaching for eggs only to have my big brother and sister sweep in and steal them at the last second. It's Ryan, and unfortunately, this is a traumatizing reality our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is seeing from families across the country. Families are finding their dream home, only to have it pulled away by another hunter at the last second. At United Faith Mortgage, we unfortunately cannot scare off the other hunters, but we can very quickly get you pre-approved and make it look as good as possible to sellers. And then, once you do grab that Easter egg, see our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money at unitedfaithmortgage.com. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Dorchard, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dennis Prager here with my friend, Mike Hilborn, owner of Roof to Deck Restoration. Mike, I've seen roofs in the Twin Cities that have many years of life left, but are streaked and stained and look, quite honestly, terrible. Your company actually removes those streaks? Dennis, many people don't know it, but those black streaks and stains are caused by an algae that can be killed and cleaned away. Our process makes roofs look new again. Algae and moss grow on cedar shake roofs. Moss is especially damaging because it actually feeds on the cedar wood and prevents the wood from drying. And when wood doesn't dry, it rots. Cleaning and sealing a cedar shake roof actually extends the life of a roof. Mike, how can people learn more? See videos on our website at rooftodeck.com. That's rooftodeck.com. For a free quote, call 651-699-3504. Call now through Thursday and receive $100 off your project of $1,000 or more.
My pain was an electrical pain that would go down my right leg all the way to my foot. It's like being hooked to an electric fence. Diane, a Twin Cities resident, has been suffering from neuropathy since 2006. The pain level that I had was anywhere from a 7 to 8 on a good day. Here's what happened after Diane started seeing Dr. Ben Knight, D.C. at Abundant Life Chiropractic. After the first two weeks, I had tremendous pain relief. I now sleep five to six hours minimum. My balance is much better. This has been an awesome pain travel for me, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. Have you been suffering from numbness, tingling, burning, or restless pain in your hands or feet? Does your doctor insist on giving you more medications, but your neuropathy is still not improving? Get answers today by contacting me, Dr. Knight, DC, at Abundant Life Chiropractic in Chanhassen. Call 952-300-8338 to schedule a full neuropathy workup with us.